listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. The Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast in collaboration with Pharmacy Podcast Network is for independent pharmacists to learn about the state of the industry, innovative services and solutions, and the future of pharmacy. Join me, your host, Jason Calori, for conversations with pharmacists, Cardinal Health leaders, and industry experts sharing best practices, discussing industry trends, and showcasing Cardinal Health products and services. You can subscribe to the Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Calori, and today we are talking with Chad Sanders, Director of Pharmacy Acquisition here at Cardinal Health to talk about buying and selling a pharmacy. There's a lot that goes into this, and Chad has been doing it for many years. So we wanted to bring Chad on to go through some of the important tips and tricks that you may need to know in order to buy or sell your pharmacy in today's ever-changing pharmacy landscape. Chad, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to spending some time here, uh, you know, talking to the folks out there about uh, the pharmacy transition team and uh, kind of the things going on in the market today. Absolutely. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your experience before we dive in? Sure. I've been uh, I've actually been at Cardinal Health now for a little over 22 years. Um, I've been on the pharmacy and transition team now for uh, about 10 and a half years. And, uh, you know, uh, we've, we are, we're a team of three. Um, we're divided out uh, um, east, central, and west, so we each uh, cover a particular territory, uh, and we work very closely with our customers, prospects, and, and uh, sales folks uh, within each of the regions. So, just a question: How to buy and sell a pharmacy? Obviously, it's not as easy as you know eBay or anything like that. <laughs> right. So, so really, we wanted to, you know, the landscape of pharmacy and, and just you know, everything that's happened in the last couple of years has changed a lot of things. So if you, if you're, if I'm a pharmacist and I'm, if I'm coming up to you just randomly on the street and I'm saying, Hey, Chad, uh, uh, I see that you help with the pharmacy acquisitions, buying and selling. What do I need to know? What's kind of like your top go-to tips? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I guess kind of the, 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 the elevator speech, so to speak, is you're right. It's, it's not like going to, the grocery store and buying a gallon of milk. It's, it's definitely a, a much more in-depth process. So normally what I recommend um, is uh, for someone looking to sell their business, you know, they've, in many cases, they've owned this business for, you know, 20, 30 plus years. Um, yeah. The, the, the first step I always recommend is uh, one of the things we do here on the pharmacy transition team are pharmacy valuations. So I think that's always a great starting point is let's take a look at how your business is today and, and let's try to come up with what, you know, what a fair value is based off of the different uh, metrics, um, you know, that are out there, how farmers are selling. So that's something that, that the team and I will do. Um, we take a little bit of a different approach than, than most where we're very hands-on throughout that process. So uh, we certainly gather up a number of items to do that, financials and, and different things on the pharmacy. Um, there's usually a little bit of back and forth, uh, you know, through emails or calls just to kind of uh, uh, make sure that we have a good understanding 
of what the, how the business is uh, doing today. We'll, we'll focus in on some key performance indicators. And then I typically, um, again, just kind of coming out of the pandemic, we'll, we'll schedule a Zoom call and kind of go over those results as a starting point. So understanding um, that asset that you have as an owner, I think is the very first step in the process. And then from there, um, what we typically do is find out if um, the, the current owner has a buyer in mind. If they do, that's always a great step. Maybe it's someone that's working at the store already or someone that's inquired about the pharmacy. Um, if they don't, then, you know, one of the benefits of having been in this role for, you know, a decade plus is I, I've met a lot of folks out there that are looking to acquire pharmacy. So I've got a, a pretty extensive Rolodex that I can, uh, you know, look into and, 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 and reach out to people that might have a, an interest in that particular size of a pharmacy or location. So, um, you know, that's a very high level look at how the process has started. But, you know, that's, I would say, most often the, the path that we go down initially. How often do you find pharmacies don't know, pharmacists that own these stores that, that don't know their true, their true pharmacy value? Is that something that is that is that a big selling yeah. point and something that you work with them hard on to really try and, and figure that out? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the majority of the time folks um, don't know what their pharmacy is worth. And, and if you think about it, it's 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 really not that uncommon. They've they've been practicing pharmacy and worried about their patients and employees and and the ever changing landscape of you know pharmacy and PBMs and all the things that you know, they, they concentrate on day in and day out. So when it comes to the value of their business, it's really not something that they've had the time, you know, to focus on. I think sometimes they may have had a friend that sold their pharmacy several years ago and they got X amount of dollars of it out of it. Um, I don't think many times they understand the rationale of why they got paid that. So that's really where we spend a lot of time is, is educating them on, on the values of pharmacies. And one of the, one of the benefits of our team having had this program pharmacy transition uh, uh, service in place here at Cardinal Health for, gosh, I want to say uh, about 15 years now, give or take. Um, we've had extensive experience on what pharmacies are selling for. Um, so we have all that data to kind of couple up with the NCPA data, data that's out there. So we have a lot of experience of what pharmacies are selling for. So a lot of it is education uh, to the sellers because they just don't know. What are some of the uh, do's and don'ts that you've come across just in your extensive years of experience of doing this? Uh, what are what are some common mistakes that pharmacies you feel make, whether it be buying or selling? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I would say on on the sell side, um, you know, you know, some uh, things to consider. I guess you know, maybe not necessarily a mistake, but. Um, you know, it, it's, it can be a very emotional uh, process. I, I found having done this for 10 plus years that, you know, I, I feel like at times I'm almost a psychologist and a marriage counselor because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process where a lot of times, you know, spouses are, you know, it, it's their baby, so to speak. It's, it's yeah. their business, it's their livelihood. So, um, you know, making sure that you're prepared as the person selling the business that now's the right time. So, um, you know, trying to take a little bit of the emotion out of it, although that can be difficult to do. Um, not to rush into a sale. I mean, you know, again, one of the things that we want to make sure that we do is, is as part of this valuation process, go through a very extensive uh, piece there. But also, I always, you know, want to make sure that they have their team in place. You know, for example, um, you know, 
we're just one piece of that team. They're going to need, as they get closer to, to selling the business, they're going to need an attorney. You know, we always recommend a good business transaction attorney to look over the deal uh, once, once they get to that point. Uh, whether it's a financial advisor or CPA, are there tax implications of, of how they're going to structure that sale? So again, it's something not to go alone. I would say maybe a mistake is don't go into it alone. Um, you know, most people have, uh, you know, I would say have never sold their business, you know, so it's, it's a first step. So I would say those are the big things to think about uh, on the sell side. On the buy side, um, you know, one of the things that we really encourage folks is, you know, is to, you know, in somewhat of an emotional thing too, is, is you know, um, making sure that um, they don't pay on potential. So again, when you acquire this business, often a buyer will have aspirations to grow that business and do wonderful things, which, you know, we love to see. And, and obviously, uh, the day they buy the pharmacy, you know, 10 years from the day they buy it, hopefully it's doing a lot better than it was today. But you have to make sure that you know, you're paying based off of how that pharmacy is performing today. So again, uh, back to my emotional comment, you had to kind of have to take your emotions out of it uh, on the buy side as well and, and not pay for potential. Again, having the right team in place, as I mentioned, you know, that, that would apply certainly to the buyer as well. And um, you know, uh, you, you know, is this a is this a, a place that you want to call home? Um, you know, often if you're buying your first store, more than likely you're going to live close to that business and and be a part of that community. So, um, is this a, a place where you can see you and and often your family, you know, growing throughout the years too? Is there a uh, is there a pharmacy that you can remember that was particularly emotional? Uh, a a story that you remember that maybe someone had a pharmacy for just a very long time. What's what's kind of one that, that you remember that that sticks out? Yeah, I mean, I've had several um, situations where they, it's been in, in the family, so to speak, you know, sometimes, believe it or not, close to 100 years. And it's been passed down from generation to generation. And all of a sudden there, there may be a, a child that's not gone to pharmacy school. So there is no uh, no one to hand it off to, so to speak. So. Yeah. Those can be those can be very emotional. I mean, one one that I'm actually working with right now um, is is kind of a neat story. It's it's a lady who uh, worked um, at that pharmacy going back to high school. You know, grew up in the area. You know, worked part time there uh, in high school. Went on to pharmacy school. Came back and started working as the pharmacist there in charge. And now, uh, at the end of this month, in fact, is is going to acquire it. So. You know, it, I really like, you know, hearing stories like that where, you know, the legacy continues on. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things in independent pharmacy is, you know, unlike the chains, you know, um, and I've been in, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of independent pharmacies over the years. And one of the things that kind of, you know, puts a smile on my face is when the customer walks in and they call them out by name. You know, you know, how was Johnny's baseball game last night? You know, how are the, you know, how's your wife? You know, how are the kids? So. You know, I don't think you're going to get that response typically when you go into a chain setting. So um, that's what I like to see is that legacy, you know, continue on, you know, with a new buyer that's going to be, you know, a pillar in that community for, for years to come. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially is there are there situations when someone is selling a pharmacy and they're looking at they're looking at a specific type of buyer that they want to come in to make the, to make sure that they're going to do right by the pharmacy? And, and continue and continue to be, like you said, a pillar in that community. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, 
the the easier transactions are ones where when I, you know, I'll go through the valuation process and then I'll ask the question, do you have a buyer in mind? Or maybe even early in the conversation, they'll say, look, so-and-so has worked for me for years. I want to see them own the pharmacy or someone has inquired about this pharmacy. I know them, they're they're a good person. So those are always ones that that when I say easier, I mean you still have to agree upon a price, but you know the the person has been picked out for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I would say yes. You know, about half the time, you know, maybe the buyer's already you know kind of selected, which is which is nice. Um, and then if not, you know, a lot of times what I do, you know, back to my uh, I guess I'm dating myself. I use the Rolodex comment, but you know I'll go back <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to my to to my. Uh, so my list of buyers and say, who do I think would be a good fit here? Not only financially able to buy the pharmacy, that's certainly an important part of it, but who mm-hmm. do I think would be a good fit, you know, to either acquire this pharmacy to work themselves or that may buy it as an investment, but I know they're going to put, you know, a good person in there to run it for them as an absentee owner. So that happens a lot, you know, for well, as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good segue into my next question. So if you're, you know, folks looking to buy a pharmacy, what, what, what are the things that you should be looking for in a pharmacy space overall? I mean, a lot of it, I'm sure, a big part of it's location. But as far as logistically inside the pharmacy, how it works, what what are kind of the top things that you've seen most folks look for and what they should be careful of? Yeah, so if you, if you look at the data out there now, the average retail independent owner owns more than one pharmacy now. Uh, you can't be in two places at once. So, um, you know, I think... You know, first and foremost, I think probably the most important thing is, is it is it a financially successful business? You know, you know whether you're buying a pharmacy or, um, you know, an ice cream shop at the, you know, in a local town, you know, is, is there is there profit in that business? So normally, one of the first things we'll focus on, you know, with, you know, the buyers and sellers, and certainly, you know, there's there's typically a lender involved with these two is, is, the, is the business financially, you know, performing, um, you know, after that, you know, are there things that make this unique? You know, you may have a buyer that's, you know, has a, uh, a an understanding or a niche for compounding or DME or specialty. So, so are there things that they have, um, the buyer has some expertise in um, that they want to see, um, you know, this location have, or do they see the ability for it to be added on to that business? So, you know, again, back to my earlier comment, is there potential there, you know, for this business to grow? So, um, you know, other things, um, you know, there's a lot of little things, you know, does it have a drive through, um, you know, do I, do I think that, um, there's a good staff in place. That's one of the, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, um, I think a lot of times for sellers is, you know, I want to sell this business, but when I do, what will happen to my staff? Well, I can tell you the majority of the time when someone buys a pharmacy, they're buying the staff as well. I mean, not to say that they may not make a change down the road, but, you know, those smiling faces when the customers walk in the door is, is, are as important as, you know, those four walls, um, you know, that, that construct the pharmacy. So that's a big part of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want to, you know, you've built a relationship with that pharmacy over the years. And, you know, and I mean, it's not just the pharmacist, it's all the staff involved. I mean, my personal pharmacy that I go to, I, I like seeing those same folks there. And if all, sure. of, a sudden they, all of a sudden they went away. You know, that would be that would be, uh, you know, very disappointing. And you just kind of hope those faces stay around. So I'm I'm glad that happens more often than not, you know, hearing from that perspective. Right. Um, how uh, how complicated does financing get financing for, you know, a, a new pharmacy or or, acqui- or acquiring another pharmacy? 
Yeah, so it, um, it's, 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 it's a question, especially with first-time buyers, that I have to address a lot. Um, so <laughs> so, to, so that we could probably do a whole podcast uh, you know, for yeah. hours long just on finance and loan. But in, in a nutshell, um, you know, when it comes to the financing, there's, there's, a, there's a few different avenues that we typically see. Um, number one, you know, in particular with first-time buyers, we'll, we'll see a lot of SBA lending out there. So we have a number of strategic relationships with, with um, uh, SBA lenders that have a focus on pharmacy. So if you're going to go the SBA route, I always recommend trying to find someone that has expertise in pharmacy, and, and we have those relationships. Um, typically, the way those are structured is uh, it's a 90-10. So what I mean by that is um, the SBA lender will finance 90% of the total project cost. When I talk about total project cost, I'm talking about everything, the inventory, the goodwill, the working capital, um, and then they will need to bring 10% um, of their own buyer's equity. And that can come in the form of cash that they have or a combination of cash and seller carry. So, you know, simple math, um, million dollar purchase price. Um, they need a hundred thousand of their own money. Uh, maybe they only have 50,000. So they might ask the seller to carry 50,000 in paper. Um, and that's, you know, not in, to get too into the weeds, but, um, you know, the seller is going to get principal and interest on that amount they're, that they're carrying in paper, but that allows that buyer to get to that 10% equity injection. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. That's a question. I didn't want to get too far into the weeds, but I did want to learn some of the in and outs there just because sure. I think, I think it's an important thing for people that are, might be thinking about it to, to know. Um, another question I want to ask you before we get into a little bit more about what Cardinal health is offering, you know, through the PTS solution, you touched on it a little bit, but during the pandemic, it, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, obviously, obviously we talked about a lot of changes, what have been some of the trends that you're seeing during the pandemic? Are people buying more, selling more? A lot of pharmacies have a lot of pharmacies have instituted uh, some new, you know, new services, you know, clinical services to kind of help combat the pandemic, and they've built some more services on top of it. Um, so, does that mean more expansion? Does that mean people don't <laughs> people don't want to deal with it all, so they're selling more? What are what are some of the what are some of the uh, the trends that you're seeing? Yeah, as it relates to the to the pandemic, um, you know, if you go back and you think about the last you know two plus years where we've lived through that, it's it's actually for the most part been a positive thing for retail independent pharmacy. Um, you know, you if you had a small business back in uh, twenty twenty, you were more than likely able to take advantage of the PPP program, which was you know basically a a government loan that didn't have to be paid back. So you know, how great is that? Um, and then this most recent year, um, you know, kind of what you touched on, a number of our independent pharmacy owners were able to give uh, vaccinations and do testing in that space. So, you know, over the last two years, there were these additional revenue streams that came in that no one saw. Um, you know, obviously, we wouldn't trade a pandemic for that, but, um, you know, it was good that independent pharmacy stepped up and was able to, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, the last couple of years, for the most part, um, you know, independent pharmacy did well when they took advantage of those things. A few of the instances where there were troubles were maybe, you know, for example, uh, uh, maybe the uh, financial district uh, in New York City, you know, Manhattan. You know, if you had all these people now that were working remotely that weren't, you know, coming to work every day, you know, some of those pharmacies, you know, maybe where there was high traffic area suffered a little bit. 
Um, but you know, for the most part, um, you know, those were the positives that we saw during the pandemic. So when it comes to the PTS solution, uh, pharmacy transition services, as we call it here at uh, Cardinal Health, um, tell, tell us, you, you talked a little bit about some of the more, uh, you know, the custom and the, and the, some of the great services that we offer go a little bit through again, maybe I may maybe ask you to give you, give another elevator speech here, but tell us a little bit about the PTS solution overall and how is it different than other solutions that you've encountered when it comes to uh, buying and selling a pharmacy? What are some of the, what are some of the yeah. highlights you think that make our solution so special? Yeah. So I think um, the, a few things come to mind. Number one, um, the customized valuation we put together and, and it's every, there are no two pharmacies are alike. So we take a very hands-on customized approach. We have a tool called Profit Pro, which is, you know, the, uh, the um, program that we use to come up with these different valuations. So we'll show a few different looks into that. Um, that's one thing, you know, um, you know, another thing is I mentioned the SBA lending earlier, but Cardinal also has a lending program. I think that's very unique. So for those that don't qualify for SBA lending, or maybe uh, there's a $5 million ceiling on SBA lending, um, you know, we do a number of loans um, for acquisitions as well. So um, that's been a, a program we've had in place for some time now, and it's been very successful. And we've got a really good team on our credit, uh, you know, uh, an underwriting department that helps a lot with that. So that's that's a unique aspect. Um, you know, I think um, the the network, the networking we have is is somewhat unique. You know, uh, we work with a lot of independent owners, a lot of prospects, and you know, we have 100 sales consultants that are running around the country that are making us aware of opportunities. So, um, you know, I think you know, feet on the street is a big thing for us, and we certainly attend a number of trade shows. Um, you know, to get the word out there, uh, speak at pharmacy schools. You know, one of the things I think that's not done real well in in, uh, in pharmacy school is letting pharmacy students know that retail independent um, ownership is a is a career option for them someday. You know, obviously, you know, you have to have some entrepreneurial spirit about yourself. Um, some days you're the CEO in that pharmacy and some days you're cleaning the bathroom out. Um, but but again, you don't have to work in the basement of a hospital. You don't have to work in a grocery store. You don't have to work in a chain. And we want to get that message out there, too. So I think um, that, along with the expertise on the team, is, has really been the differentiating factor about you know, what it is that we do. Um, and then certainly, you know, lastly, what, one thing that comes to mind is we hold the hand of the buyer and seller through the entire process. So from the day I first work with a seller on coming up with that valuation to the day to where they turn over the keys to the new owner, you know, we're there all along the way. So I think that's something that's very unique about our approach, too. So before we wrap up, Chad, I do want to thank you for coming on and kind of just walking us through the ins and outs. But I do want to ask, is there, I know we, had, we, were, we talked a little bit about a customer story that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I think it was Jennifer Seltzer and, yes. uh, and, and what that, and what's going on and how that, how that story kind of went from beginning to end and how she's acquiring uh, her pharmacy. Why don't we talk a little bit about that before we, uh, before we sign off here? Yeah. Yeah. So Jennifer is the, the lady I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, she's, she's getting ready to acquire the business. Um, Jennifer has been kind enough to agree to uh, attend RBC this year. She's going to be on a panel that we're doing. Um, we, we have a CE that we conduct every year at RBC. She's going to be 
uh, you know, on that panel, customers will be able to ask questions for her. She's also, you know, going to be, uh, uh, you know, at, um, at the opening session of RBC, there's going to be a little story about her. But, you know, again, started out um, in this town, worked there you know, as a high school student, um, you know, has been the face of that pharmacy, uh, I want to say for nine plus years now as the PIC working for SM absentee owners. And, and Jennifer's just been great because she's just been so on top of things. You know, we, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's a number of things you have to do, you know, credit applications and power of attorneys and, you know, getting financials in and articles of incorporation and you, you name it. We have a laundry list of items uh, when you get to this stage that buyers and sellers have to work through. And she's just been fantastic to work with um, on top of everything. And um, again, um, she's going to own the own, you know, she's, she's been the face of that pharmacy for some, some time now and come, uh, I believe it's April 1st, you know, it will be hers. So, you know, just, a, just a neat story. Uh, again, seeing that legacy continue on and, and uh, you know, uh, th that's what I think independent pharmacy is all about. And, and this is her first pharmacy that she'll, that she'll be owning. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So even in today's market, you know, the, the buying of a pharmacy, I think, and, uh, and that legacy that goes on, I think it's just something that it, it, it's super important, you know, for, I think for everyone listening, uh, you know, to realize that, you know, buying independent pharmacies in today's market, you, you could still do it. You know, obviously Chad and his team has made it a little bit easier for everyone. And uh, I think the longer we can keep these, uh, these legacies intact, uh, I think it's just more important to each and every community that has a longstanding independent pharmacy. So uh, Chad, I, I really want to thank you for coming on and talking with uh, us and hopefully maybe some of the listeners got a few tips and tricks and learning some of the in and outs if they're thinking about buying or uh, selling a pharmacy. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and again, if anyone has a particular, uh, you know, uh, one wants to discuss their situation in more depth. That's what we're here for. So happy to help. Uh, so with that, guys, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast. Uh, again, I'm your host, Jason Kalori, and we have tons of great episodes coming up in the near future. So keep listening and we'll see you next time right here on the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast. Take care, everybody.